Amen. We greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. It's good to see all of you this morning. Amen. Uh, without waste of time, let us just turn to our Bibles. Psalm 118, verse 21. Psalm 118, verse 21 to 24. If you found it, you can say amen. Shall we maybe read it together? Uh, There we have it. I will praise thee. Has he become your salvation this morning? Verse 9119. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is a marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be delighted in it. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be delighted in it. I rejoice in this morning. Hallelujah. God bless you richly. Acts 8. Acts 8, from verse 5 to 8. It reads in this manner, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. And there was a a great joy in that city. Amen. You can see, whenever the Spirit of God moves, there is a great joy. Amen. And the scripture says, wherever the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. Amen. You feel liberty this morning? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we have just read from our Bibles, dear God. And Lord, we just heard how songs have gone unto Thee. This morning, You are the point of our attention. And Lord, that is why all the praises and all the worship must be given to You and You alone, dear God. We thank you that we know that the kind of God that we worship in the end time. 
I would imagine, especially with a country such as India, where there are 200 million gods, but they don't know the true God. And I wonder how many gods are around the world. And some think they worship you, but they worship their gods. But we thank you through the prophet messenger. We have come to the spot where we know who God is, what he is, how he lives, his being, his nature, his character can only be revealed through the message of the hour. We are such a privileged bunch of people this morning, and I'm not ashamed this morning to rejoice, because when I look at the people that you could have chosen, and you just came and chose me, a person that was unworthy, dear God, help me never to be self-righteous, but always to remember it was by the grace of God. Help these people never to be self-righteous, but you remember it is by the grace of God. And this morning, we just want to thank you, dear God. May the Holy Spirit move in a special way. If there are people that are sick and afflicted in the building, you've got power to heal them. If there are people that are sick that are not here, my Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he has done yesterday, he will do today. And that is why I've got confidence that you change not, dear God. If we approach you on the same basis, we are bound to get the same results. Devil, get out of the sight. You have no right this morning. And we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We are unapologetic this morning. We cannot share this place with you. May the Holy Spirit come and take the preeminency so that the people of God can be liberated from all kinds of bondage, dear God. We want to thank you. I'm standing here. I don't claim to know any better, dear God. I've realized when a preacher gets puffed up, a lot of times it is just before the fall. Help me to be humble this morning so that the Holy Spirit can come and use me and become a channel through which you will speak to your people. Let it not be a product of my intelligence, but let it be the supernatural move by the supernatural God for the supernatural people, for the supernatural result, for the supernatural defeat against the devil, dear God. We are coming out of this church building as victors. It is non-negotiable, dear God. If somebody does not have faith, will have faith on their behalf. But we are coming out of this building, everyone as a victor. It is non-negotiable to the kingdom of darkness because we have been authorized by the Almighty God. The scripture says, whatever we bind here shall be bind in heaven. And at this point in time, we bind every spirit. And we know the heaven will follow suit, dear God. So that when we come to the end of the service, people must look back and glorify God. And Lord, we see how Philip, when he declared the word of God, how the whole city was full of joy. I expect the people of God to be full of joy. If some people, their joy of salvation is gone, this is the right time where you will restore the joy of their salvation. They'll raise their hands and praise you. And not caring what the neighbor says, dear God. We want to commit every person here to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As you take your seats. Amen. I the last 
sometimes you prepare the message throughout the week and you think you are going to speak about a particular subject and a night before you you ready just to 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 get the sequence of your notes and later you will see the message keeps on changing uh, from what you thought should be to what you thought you never thought it would be. Amen. Uh, so I've had so many titles from the same message looking at the different angles. But this morning I want to speak about a system reject. Amen. A system reject or something that has been rejected by the system. Amen. Uh, you'll realize that uh, even naturally speaking, great things happen outside the system, not within the system. Are you here, church? Amen. Uh, uh, and when I speak the system, we will understand as we move right along, what do I mean by the system? Because when you check from the text that I just read, David says, the stone which the builders refused, which means the stone that they have rejected. That same stone that was rejected as the cornerstone is now becoming the headstone. And I was wondering that David, you must remember he wrote the Psalms when he was going through a difficult time. He had battles that he had been fighting. Then he would go into the spirit and begin to write the Psalms. And I was amazed that he said, I will praise thee, for thou hast had me, and, uh, had, and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. It made me wonder, why would a man speak about rejection, but still speak about praising God? and as well as seeing that it is his salvation and says it is marvelous before his eyes, but while speaking about rejection. And said, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be led in it. Amen. Amen. Then I realized that, that David was really having a good time, a jubilant time, <laughs> And I think, you know, when we speak about the stone, we speak about Christ. The same Christ that they had rejected is the same one that will come and cap the pyramid. And you and I, we are living during the time where the pyramid is being kept. Are we together? And Christ is coming to cap the, this structure, this building that was being built throughout the seven church ages right from the book of Ephesians, from the age of Ephesians until Laodicea. And you and I, we are just on the other side of Laodicea. 
we are no longer in Laodicea, and we have seen that the headstone has come down to cap the building. Hallelujah. Uh, and and, and uh, when, when David spoke about it as a prophecy, he said, uh, when that happens, when he saw that happening, he said, uh, this is the marvelous things in our eyes. Hallelujah. And he said, this is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I believe this way, the prophetic way, he was actually speaking not about his day, but about our day. Hallelujah. The Spirit was able to transport him into the supernatural realm till he saw our day. Hallelujah. Amen. How many believe that we are living during the greatest time in human history? How many believe we live during the greatest time during human history? Hallelujah. And I'm glad that uh, as we are here and as he was rejected, there's going to be people that are going to be rejected. And folks, let me tell you something. Rejection is not a bad thing. Hallelujah. Being rejected is not a bad thing. Sometimes God, when he wants to, to detour you and move you in a certain direction, the best instrument that he uses is rejection. Hallelujah. Never be afraid to be rejected. The Messiah was rejected and here we are. If he was never rejected this morning, you would not be in church. Hallelujah. The bride of Jesus Christ came into the economy of God by rejection. The Jews had to reject him so that you can come and accept him. Are we together, folks? Amen. And, and uh, this is the time where, as the believers, we've got to rejoice. Hallelujah. And I'm not saying that just to work on your emotions. It's time we rejoice. You know, the other time I went to a wedding, and as we were waiting, I remember it was one of the weddings here in the location, and I, had, I was observing a certain gentleman that had come to the wedding, and he was working on a he was using a, 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 the crutches when he was working, and he had cast on one of the broken legs. And he came to the wedding, this gentleman. But from time to time, I observed this gentleman. He would go to the boot of his car. And he would open the boot. I couldn't see what he was doing from the boot. But it looks like there was some special thing that he was consuming. And after every 10, 15 minutes, he would go to the boot. And he consumed whatever he was consuming. But it looked like it was, he was hiding what he was consuming. But obviously, what he was consuming as the day went by, it began to have an effect on him. And all of a sudden, he never went back to the boat. He brought what he was drinking, and he had put one crush aside. He was working with one crush, with a cast on a broken leg, and he was busy there rejoicing with a big bottle there. I realized that uh, what was in the bottle has now had an effect on the man. Initially, he was afraid, but the more he consumed, the more you consume, he came to the point where he said, I don't care who's around. I'm going to have a good time. And I'm saying this morning, I've got somewhere where I'm consuming and the wine types of the Holy Spirit. I don't care what you say about me. But as long as I consume from that, I don't care what I'm going through. I'm going to have a good time. Uh, hallelujah. And uh, the problem, the reason the church is touching the end time, the church hasn't had much wine. The church has been sober for quite some time. 
Hallelujah. No wonder Jesus, the very first miracle that he performed, it was at a wedding when he turned water into wine. There had to be some stimulation. Hallelujah. We are going to get into that. I hate the system. I will never, I'll never operate by the norms of the system. Hallelujah. The system is man-made. Any man-made system uh, is the bride of Jesus Christ. You need not to respond very well to it. And uh, Brother Brendan came. We, got, we thank God for this prophet. And uh, I think if there's one ways that you will hear me saying over and over again until I'm taken home, is this ways. We thank God for this prophet. We thank God for Malachi 4. I will never be tired to say those ways. Are we together? Now, this prophet, you must remember, uh, one thing that made him very special is because he, he came out of the system. I was shocked when I was reading this quotation in one message in the curtain of time. It says, I'm sure let God got a hold of me before the church did. Hallelujah. I'm glad God got hold of me before the church did. And I'm telling you, had the church gotten hold of him, this prophet was going to be a mess. Oh yes, there are people that are a mess because the church got hold of them. The church will mess you up. Hallelujah. The church will, will, will derail you. I've got no loyalty to the church. I've got the loyalty to the almighty God. The church is not perfect, folks. The church is not perfect. Charles, a certain man came to one of the greatest preachers in the 18th century, Charles Spurgeon. And he came to him and said, listen, uh, Mr. Spurgeon, is your church perfect? And Mr. Spurgeon said, listen, I'm not quite sure that my church is perfect. I think I've got imperfect people in my church, and I might be having crooks in my church. And this man said, no, you see, I'm looking for a, a perfect church. And uh, Charles Spurgeon looked at him and said, listen, I don't know, but uh, even the church of the Lord Jesus Christ had a Judas in his church. So I, I don't know whether you will find such a church. But when you find such a church, just make sure that you don't join it because you are going to defile it. Uh, hallelujah. What, what does it mean, folks? A church is the hospital. A church is an area where imperfect people are perfected by the almighty God. Are we together? And that is why sometimes we've got to be patient with people. Some are going through the process. Some are going through the process. And sometimes I pause in my life and I look on the journey or on my pastoral journey. I looked at certain individuals and I say, had we given on, up on those individuals, where would they be today? Some of them today, they are such a great men and women in the economy of God because we had patience. Are we together? You know, a system, it comes to, I mean, we just heard a brother, Jimmy San, was he the one that is leading? Wasn't there such a beautiful song service? Amen. But you must remember, if you have a system, a system will reject a certain people. Are we together? A system can be unforgiving. And I'm saying the very system that the prophet was against out there in the denominations, the system has now crept into the message. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Message folks have got files on each other. If one is beginning to dance, you remember in 1984 what he did. Hallelujah. There are people that are just keeping files. And those that are keeping files are not going to heaven. 
Oh, I think I just stepped on people's toes. If you keep people, if you keep files of people, you are not going to heaven. Hallelujah. Heaven is for people that are full of forgiveness. Amen. Are we together? Now, Brother Branham says in the message Jezebel religion, that's what see, that's what man-made system bring into you. That's the reason I'm against it. Because God's weight is against it. Man-made system. God's against it. His weight is against it. His prophets will be against it. His true servants will be against it. All that are born of the Spirit of God will be against it. Hallelujah. Every man and woman that is born by the Spirit of God will be against the system. Which system? The very same system that rejected our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we must remember, we are following a rejected king. We are following a rejected king. People during our time, they normally would want to pretend like when, if Jesus was around, or if he is around, I'm saying if he was around in the form that they expect him to be as he was 2,000 years ago, they think they would welcome him in their churches. People think that if Jesus that walked 2,000 years ago, if he was to walk in Whitbank, they would lately, every church will be fighting to say, we want to have him on our program to speak to our people. It does not work like that, folks. During that time, actually, the religious system was the very one that was against the Messiah. The religious system rejected him. Until when he was born, he had no place to be born into. He had to be born in the manger. When he died, they had to take him beyond the camp. And he had to die on the tree. And he did not even have a tomb. He had to borrow the tomb. Jesus Christ was a rejected king. And this morning, I'm glad that Jesus Christ was a rejected king. Because had the system embraced him, I tell you, the system would have rejected some of us. He was rejected so that he can minister to the rejected. Hallelujah. He was taken out of the camp to reach for the people that are beyond the camp. How are you here, folks? And Brother Branham says here, in the message, the statue of a perfect man, paragraph 327, it never was put on top of the pyramid. They couldn't understand. That's when uh, Enoch built the pyramid, uh, which is still being considered one of the seven wonders of the world. What is happening is that when he built that pyramid, he never kept the pyramid. Hallelujah. So the prophet is referring to that. He says, it was never put on top of the pyramid. They couldn't understand why. The keeping stone was rejected. They hate Christ. But it will come someday. That is 1962. And post-1963, I can say it has come in our time. Hallelujah. The keeping stone was rejected. They hate Christ. But it will come someday. But in the, now in the building, building this monument, building this stature, it starts off with the foundation stone. Faith. Hallelujah. Followed by virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness. Now what does it do? Then they are waiting for the headstone, which is love, for God is love. And he controls, he is the strength of every one of these things. Yes, say, 
And we know that it started with Paul. And it went to Arenas and every, after every messenger and after every age. And in our end time, we come to the point where the bride is no longer in Laodicea. We, we are living during a, 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 an age where there are people, it is the same Laodicea, but God has created another space within Laodicea and has moved the church out of Laodicea into the bright age. You know why he had to take the church out of Laodicea into the bright age? Because the scriptures say, behold, I knock on the door. And when you knock and when Christ knocks, it means he's knocking from outside. You, no longer, you, know, you never knock from within. So that means that during our time, Christ was pushed out, out of the church. And as a result, there is total darkness upon Laodicea. But there is a little light in Goshen. Hallelujah. The bride of Jesus Christ is not in Egypt. The bride of Jesus Christ is in Goshen. There is darkness in Egypt, but there is light in Goshen. Are we together, folks? And let me tell you something. For you to move from Egypt to Goshen, there is a process. You've got to be baptized with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then you move from Egypt into Goshen. But there is light in Goshen. Are we together? Now, he says in, in, in the message, uh, if I can just bring it up here, when, when, it, when it was his very last visit to the temple, he came on the donkey. And the donkey was moving towards the direction of the temple. You remember? And all of the people they heard that he was coming that way, they took the olive leaves and they put them on the pathway so that the donkey can come and walk on the pathway. And we know the donkey was not special. The one that was special was upon the donkey. Are we together? So they put the olive leaves on the tree, on the, on the pathways. And as that donkey was moving there, Brother Brenham said it caused a stir among the people. There was such a big noise amongst the people. And folks, let me put it this way. Some of the people, they think heaven is going to be a quiet time. Heaven is going to be very noisy. If you are having a problem with noise here, Brother Bram say, wait until we get to heaven. Because some of us, we have reserved our voices for that occasion. Here we can sing out of tune, but at heaven I need no permission. That body will be in a tune, and I will make it up for all the years that I never sang. I will have a good time. I will dance for eternity. I will sing for eternity. And if you are not a good dancer, wait until we get to heaven. We will be dancing in the spirit. Folks, heaven is not going to be a statue place. Heaven is not going to be a place where we just relax and wonder. Heaven is going to be a place where we raise our hands. Heaven is going to be a place where we scream at the top of our voices and say, glory to God, the lamp is worthy. Heaven will be a time of worship. Are we together? You know, the problem today is that within Christianity, Christianity has been surpassed by, 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 by the devil in his arena. Have you ever seen when uh, people have gone to a rugby match or a cricket match or a soccer match and somebody scores? I'm going to read a quotation. Brother Bram said you can't be with your friends and you are watching a soccer and all of a sudden they score and they do a home run and you are just sitting there folding your arms. They will say you are just a, a flower wall. Hallelujah. 
they will look at you and say, you are actually, in modern day, they will say, you are a wet blanket. You kill the spirit of the party. Uh, The other time I visited another gentleman when I was at school in his flat, uh, and I think it was Chiefs and Pirates playing there. And or it was, a, I don't know, it was Chiefs or Pirates playing, I forgot the name of the teams. But what happened today, it amazed me, uh, uh, one almost caught, but uh, obviously it did not go into the net. This young man, this man was sitting on his chair, and there was a, a coffee table in front of him, a wooden coffee table. And when that ball did not miss the net, he kicked that coffee table. Before I know it, the whole leg was bleeding. Hallelujah. But I realized that the spirit of soccer was in this guy. And there was no way that there could be a movement in, on the soccer field without him doing some movements. Are we together? So what about the Christian people? Pre-Christian people today, when you preach, they just look at you. Message people are becoming stuck in the end time. It's like God has never done a great thing among them. Folks, we are the people that must rejoice. We are the people that are under the leadership of the pillar of fire in the end time. You are the, you are the supposed to be the people that are rejoicing. But I, I have got some news for you. The reason that the people are not rejoicing is because there is no new birth. I've said it and understand what I'm talking about. When I was in the hospital, when my, my children, all of them, when they were born, I was right there watching every moment. And what amazed me is that as soon as they removed the baby, what you expect is that the baby must cry to show that there is life. And the, the old midwives who used to take the baby and spank the baby, and the baby would cry. But when the baby comes out and the baby is silent, you, then the doctors, they become nervous. The gynecologist will run this way. And ICU has got to be ready because something must have gone wrong. Because where there is no shout, where there is no noise, it means there is death. And our message, message churches are beginning to be silent. Because now it has become formalities. But I'm telling you, when he was coming down on that donkey, every person was screaming at the top of their voices, Hosanna! Hosanna! To the King of Kings! And Brother Branham says, some of the people, they thought it was uncultured. And they wanted to, 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 to pat on their backs and say, Why do you scream at the top of your voice? I tell you, my brother, who was that blind man? You remember the blind man? Who? But Muse, you remember when he heard that he was coming? He was blind, but the only way that he could know that it is the Lord Jesus Christ, there was noise. There was noise. And for him to attract the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ, he did not say, excuse me. He said, son of David. Have mercy on me. And he thought that they are not hearing me. He, he increases the disciples. Son of David. I can imagine if it was us, the cultured people today, would have said he's making noise. He's irritating us. I tell you, my brother, when you come into a state of desperation and you want to cry out to him, you don't care about other people. You scream at the top of your voice. Son of David. Have mercy on me. Are you 
church? Amen. Amen. Now he was coming down. And uh, look at the most, oh, the, oh, the, the oxymoron of this scene. He's on the donkey coming down. And as he was on the donkey coming down, uh, now they are, they are screaming, they say, Hosanna, Hosanna. L- listen to this. I'm saying I'm on a system reject. A donkey was a defiled animal. Uh, at no point in time you hear the mention of a donkey in connotation to the temple. It had no links to the temple. The dove had a links. Hallelujah. The lamb had the links. But the donkey, it was deemed to be a defiled animal. But the, he that was with him, he came unto the donkey and rejected a creature. And he was moving to the very place where it was rejected. And the people that understood the scripture, they say, Hosanna, Hosanna. And in the end time, the Gentiles were like a donkey because they were the rejected people. But in the end time, he came on a gentle prophet and said, I'm going to reveal the seals for the Lamb. And this morning, you were rejected like that donkey. But the King of Kings came on you to go to the temple. He made you worthy. I will stand to the top of my voice and say, Hosanna to the King of Kings. I was a system reject. But today I'm no longer a system reject. I'm a worshiper. What is attraction on the mountain? But in the midst of all of it, through every age, and every prophet that had been and would be, there's going to be a certain amount of people that's predestinated to hear the message. They will follow it. Those ignore the crowds. The predestinated seed will follow the message and those will ignore the crowds. They ignore the criticism of the unbeliever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. Brother Bram says, just, just walk. He said, Enoch walked. He said, if something comes along the way, walk with God. If they talk about you, walk with God. If they hate you, walk with God. If they reject you, walk with God. You keep your attention on oh God. And you will walk and be no more. The problem is some people walk by the look this way. So that we are being proved by the people. Folks, let me tell you, never be looking for approval of the people. Look for his approval. He's the one that has heaven. They have no argument with them. They've got one thing to do. That's to believe and to get every bit of it. They can soak it in like Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus. When they come in and say, Hosanna to the King of Kings. Amen. Going towards the temple. Folks, Brother Bram says we are in the last days. And people are in the spirit of the last days. And you've got to be, have the spirit of the Lord in these times. You've got to be led by the spirit of God. And I'm saying, 
And I, 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 I will read as I move along. Uh, I, you know, as you travel, you, you get exposed to a lot of things. Uh, when you preach, there are, there are places when, when you preach, if, if somebody was to say glory to God, even the preacher loses the track of the sermon. He gets lost and say, where was I? Amen. A preacher that can be distracted by the glory of God coming from the pew, there is something wrong with his experience. Are we together? And we'll read in these things. Brother Brenham says, how many still have the joy of salvation in the building? I want to speak to you. In Israel, you've got uh, three rivers. You've got You've got the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, on the northern side of Israel. You've got the Dead Sea on the southern side of Israel. Stay with me. The southern side, the Dead Sea, I was reading, Brother Branham say, it is the richest. He says, actually, all the world's wealth are buried under the Red Sea. Just go on your computer and type Dead Sea, rich, all, whatever nation has got in the world, that wealth is there under the Dead Sea. Now, if you, when you get to the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea, uh, it has a high content of salt. That is why if you are on the Dead Sea, you don't drown. You can actually relax on top on the water as if you are relaxing on the couch. Amen. Doubting Thomas says you can go on Google after the service. You, you don't sink. You can relax on top of the water on the Dead Sea. Hallelujah. Uh, but what is happening about these two rivers is that the, the Sea of Galilee, it has run about 27 species of birds. It has vegetation. It, it has 27 species of fish. And it has vegetation, it has all kinds of birds coming there. There is life, there is life at the Sea of Galilee. But here's an interesting thing. Both the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, they are being fed by River Jordan. When you look on the map, River Jordan is right in between the, 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 the Sea of Galilee and as well as the Dead Sea. So it fits into the Dead Sea and as well as into the Sea of Galilee. But what amazes is there is life in the Sea of Galilee, but there is death in the Sea, in the Dead Sea. Stay, stay with me, you'll understand. Now they went to check why is it like that if the, if the water source is the same. They found out that at the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee has got the receiving point and it has the releasing point. So the water do not stagnate in the Sea of Galilee. In the Dead Sea, actually, in a day, they say there is 7 million uh, tons of water that evaporate from the Dead Sea. Are we together? So what is happening? The Dead Sea only receives, only receives, only receives. It never gives out. 
the sea of Galilee receives and receives and it gives it out. Have you seen that the people that just receive message books, receive message tapes, receive message sermons, and they never tell anybody about it? They are the most miserable people upon the face of the earth. They are as dead as they can be. But the people that receive Christ and go and tell the people about Christ, the more they receive, the more they give. There is a circulation within their system. They are alive. When was the last time you gave somebody Christ? Did you hear that principle, folks? Amen. Don't be a dead sea. Be a sea of Galilee. Have a place where you receive, but you give it out. The Bible says, Great was the company of those that received the word and published it. And I want to say this. Do you allow me to preach? I was amazed, folks. Because, you know, as you are in the ministry, you learn. Uh, I was amazed. I was amazed and I asked somebody, in America... And a lot of people, message folks, the moment you say America, they think that it's just a dead church is there. No. There are believers there that are doing the best that they can do for the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, I've realized, I said, why is it that in America a church can have 15 members, but they will have missions? Somewhat they will be involved in Africa, Afghanistan. Somehow they will be involved in Asia. Somehow, as we are speaking right now, the container of Voice of God recording has been confiscated in Russia. And a, a brother that was responsible to receive it has been arrested. And they solicited the prayers around the globe for that brother. And we say, God, the word of God will defeat the enemy anyway, anytime, under any condition. That brother in Russia, may God release him and let the message continue in Russia. But I'm saying, why is it, no matter if it's, if it's 15 or 20, in America, the church would always have missions. The missions is critical. It's part and parcel of the ministry. They send missions. The spoken ways that you've got. I was amazed. How many remember the blue spoken way that used to come from Brother Harold in Canada that used to have three messages in one? When you go and look at the church of Brother Harold, I think as we are sitting now, it's not more than 400 members last time I checked. But uh, for the past decades, they have sustained this region of Southern Africa with those books. But yet they are few. And I look at message churches upon the continent, they are many numbers. They've got successful people, but we have never printed one book. Except Brother Dioka in Congo. Credit to him. Credit to him. Are we just receiving and never release? How can they know unless someone is saying? How can they believe unless there is a preacher? Amen. Are we here, young people, our young people? Amen. Brother Brahma said, we need you on the field. Amen. We need you on the field. Amen. But uh, it, it is a disease of our continent. Even you see it, even politically, other nations would have a president that is 
around mid-40s. Here, the only time we need president is when they are around 80s, 70s, 80s. And in that spirit, you can see it even in the church. Young ministers are having a struggle. They've got, they've got to go through some tough, 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 tough assessments. No, he's still young. Young for who? How old was Christ in the temple when he spoke to the priest? Twelve years old. Are we together? Young people, there's never been a, 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 a good start to do something for God. Right now is the right time when you still have the energy. Your prophet went into the ministry when he was in his early 20s. And you know why? The scripture says the, 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 the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. But because the devil has twisted our minds, we think that the harvest is limited and the laborers are many. How many, still, how many people do we still have that have not received the message? ZCC alone has got 3 million people that have never heard the message of the hour. How can they know unless somebody is sent? How can they believe unless there is a preacher? We've got to be like the Sea of Galilee. Release. Release. So that there is life. The Dead Sea is rich with quotations. But no life. Is dead with quotations underneath. Amen. Are we together? Now with the message, Patmos vision, Brother Branham speaks about John when he was transported to the Lord's day. And he says right now, John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Now remember the first thing you have to do is what? Get in the spirit. How's the revelation going to ever come to you? Get in the spirit. How are you going to understand this message? Get in the spirit. How are you going to get into the rapture? Get in the spirit. How are you going to overcome the devil? Get in the spirit. How are you going to survive rejection? Get in the spirit. Be spirit-led. He says, how do you ever going to get the Holy Ghost? Get in the spirit. Get in the spirit. When you were a sinner, you went to a dance. You got in that spirit. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. I would, I would wonder that uh, people that used to be great dancers in the night clubs, they are, such a, they are so stiff in church. Steve Nair can hardly say amen. But where did the message find you? You went in a lamp dancing from that place. You didn't even have a, a problem at all. You had a good time. And how many toes you stepped on and say, apologies, I'm just having a good time. But in church, as soon as you raise your hands, another brother looks at you, the hands it drops. What is happening is because you are so over, get in the spirit. Be intoxicated by the Holy Spirit. You will not care who is around you. If your wife on, the, on your way back home, she tells you that you embarrass me in church, you say you don't understand my wife. When the Holy Spirit gets into me, I heard about a certain man that was an amen corner. And this man, this is an amen corner, folks. You can't sleep when you are sitting here. 
Because if you ever see anyone sleeping here, remove them. You can't sleep. This is an amen corner. Amen. So he was sitting where, brother, you brothers are sitting. And he will say, amen. And from time to time, he would dance up and down until it irritated the deacons. And they took him to the big room and say, you, you are really making noise. <laughs> and later, he came back to church. When he came to church, and he said, no, I'll try my best, I will behave. And they started singing few songs. And as they were singing the few songs, his radiator was getting warmed up. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he started taping. And before he knew it, he was on his feet. Before he knew it, he was raising his hands. Until they came and said, listen, we don't want you in our church anymore. You are really, our church is dignified. We've got engineers, we've got lawyers, we've got accountants, we've got mayors, we've got senators that are coming to our church. What would they think when they see you going up and down like that? Don't come to our church anymore. Amen. But whenever the Holy Spirit moved, it warmed up his radiator. I often tell you about a story of a brother that his wife was waking and he was not waking. And the wife said, you are really embarrassing me. Whenever you do your amens, people are looking at me. How should they look at me when you are screaming at the top of your voice? Are you the only one that is being blessed by the pastor? <laughs> Just shoes. I will give you shoes. I will buy you shoes. Or if you don't, I will not buy you shoes. And the brother came, and the minister came, and started preaching. And the brother was there in the amen corner. And he was thinking about his beautiful shoes that he was about to get. But as the mother preacher preaches, it warmed up his radiator. All of a sudden, everybody had him standing to his feet and saying, shoes or no shoes, that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, it depends what is on your inside. If you are on fire for God, no one will shut down that fire. You are the one that have experienced this. And, uh, sometimes, folks, uh, I'm giving you a tip. Even in church, make sure, check who you are sitting next to. Some people are a bad company to sit next to in church. If it, uh, I saw another brother, that he was sleeping. And he was sitting next to a brother that was sleeping. And this brother was awake and was enjoying the way. From time to time, he will try to wake up the brother. And the brother will wake up for a couple of minutes. And later he will sleep back. And the brother will wake him up. Before we knew it, both of them were leaning against each other sleeping. The spirit jumped on him. When I'm in church, I want to be close to somebody. When the word touches me, I turn to them. I say, glory be to God. And they say, glory to God. Not a dead duck. Are you here, church? I will never worship in a church where they don't refuse, refuse noise. No, say. When I enjoy, I've got to say, glory to God. This prophet of God, this messenger, he was in Mishawaka. And he says, when I was there, I walked into that meeting and he said, those people, they were having a good time. 
And he said all of a sudden there was a current minister that came on the podium. He was an old man. He looked disabled. But when he got behind the pulpit and everybody was preaching about the Holy Ghost, but that old current preacher, he went beyond the, before the foundation of the world and said, where were you when the sons of God shouted for joy? And he said, when he got on the pulpit, I was feeling pity for him. But when he got preaching, I felt pity for me. He said, I want that what that man has. If it can make an old man do like that, I want that. That's the religion that we're looking for. I was shocked. Brother Brim said the church was more ready for the rapture. 40 years ago than it is today. It shocked me yesterday. And I looked at men and women that had the zeal for God. But the zeal has evaporated. I know people that would have never missed church in their lifetime. But today, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But those ones are the ones that used to tell everybody, where were you? Today we ask them, where were you? They've lost the joy of salvation. It has now become a mechanical affair. They do it without enjoying it. It's a duty. We know when duty calls, duty is heavy. It's like a standby during a winter month. <laughs> Jude. Amen. Amen. Yes, the waking, the mood of the workers differ. When the bonus is about to be paid in December, the people are singing in the passages. <laughs> they are greeting one another. But when it is the winter months, they call you at 2 o'clock and say, we've got a breakdown. Yeah. He speaks French words before he comes to work. Amen. Brother Bum says, get in the spirit. When you were a sinner and you went to a dance, you got in that spirit. You started leaping your hands, petting your your feet, and throwing your head on the floor. Hallelujah. Going around and around, acting silly. You were in the spirit of it. Could you imagine a fellow was a dancer fan going to a dance and say, well, you are having a pretty good time. I suppose they would say, you wall fella, get out of here. Amen already spoken about this. Amen. Brother Branham says, did you hear the words that David says, I will rejoice for this is the day that he has made. Brother Ram says, I was preaching at our tabernacle some time ago and the Holy Spirit got into the meeting and some woman began weeping with her hands up 
a couple of days afterwards, I met a Sunday school teacher from the First Baptist Church. He said, Billy, I was standing outside. They don't like me too well because I preach divine healing. I preach the full gospel. What Christ died, a full gospel, the full redemption. He said, I was enjoying your message till that woman began to cry. I was enjoying your message till that woman began to cry. He said, that just made shivers go up my back. I said, you mean that, dear, sainted little mother sitting back there, weeping and making shivers go up your, when she was rejoicing in the spirit? If you would ever get to heaven, you would freeze to death, boy. <laughs> and there are people that will freeze to death when we get to heaven. You're going to hear a plenty of it when you get there, because the, because the Bible said so. Then he got all excited because the First Baptist Church has a ball team, a softball. And I heard them over behind my house, screaming till you wouldn't hear yourself. The same church that had a problem with a woman screaming and enjoying and worshiping God, they had a baseball match. And when they had it there, oh goodness, this church, when they had it there, Brother Brennan said, I had them over behind my house, screaming till you couldn't hear yourself think. Yeah. I said, what was all that noise over there? He said, you know, Charlie Nolan. I said, yeah. He said, he hit home run. Three men on base. I said, what are you so excited about? If you said that woman was a holy roller, then you must be an holy roller. <laughs> Hallelujah. He is a, pro, a person in church. He's got a problem with somebody saying amen and worshiping God. But the very person, he was out there on the sports day and somebody had a home run. They screamed at the top of their voices until the prophet could not think because of noise. And later he asked, he said, what was happening? He say, you know him. It was home run. Three men were cleared. And say, oh, you are able to rejoice there but you don't rejoice in church. That is why people who don't rejoice in church are suspicious. Where do they rejoice? Where do you release your energy from? Hallelujah. For us, this is the only place where we rejoice. And when they say the time is over, we say, can't we have one more? Because this is the only place where we rejoice. But those that rejoice elsewhere, the very first one to leave church. You drag them to church. And as soon as we say amen, they are in a flight mode. <laughs> Nobody even, even having a time to say, God bless you. How was the weight? We thank God for the weight. Nothing. <laughs> Do you allow me to preach? <laughs> Brother Blessing, you remember Brother Blessing, a young man that came here to bless us? He was telling me, say, Pastor, I'm amazed. He mentioned a church. I won't mention the name. He said, young people in that church are energetic. On Saturday, you can find them anywhere. They will throw a party. They all have all sorts of social gatherings. But when you go and preach for them in, on Sunday, they are as dead as they can be. 
And you wonder that, was it these people that were happy on Saturday? But on Sunday they are dead. I say, brother blessing, it's because where your heart is, that is where your treasure will be. Hallelujah. They can go up and down Gold Reef City, but when they come back in church, they are dead. You say, we thank God for the prophet, they are dead. We say, the seven seals reveal, they are dead. But after you say, let's go and have a baby shower, they're the first one to run around. They are dead. Message people are beginning to die. They are more finding social gathering appealing than the gathering of the saints. You want me to shake this church a bit? Yes, we've got great music, folks. We thank God for our musicians. And maybe if I can blow our own horn, we've got one of the best musicians that we know of. Oh, yes, you can tap hands for them. Uh, uh, our band is amazing. Uh, amen. I'm not just saying we were told. I'm just relaying what we were told. Hallelujah. But uh, I'm amazed. They would sing good songs, and somebody will scream at the top of their voice. But when the weight comes, they're sleeping. Then you wonder, then you realize the person is not blessed. The person is being entertained. Because if you were blessed, the anointing will carry you through into the way. But if you are just being entertained, you will sleep. Are you here, church? This is not an entertainment. It's a place of worship. When they come here, they're preparing for the word. Are you here? Amen. We don't have a problem with you when you whistle. No, no, no. Brother, let me say, if you can't see, whistle. Go and get a quotation. It's there. Congolese brothers know that. I'm not going to deny them the opportunity to worship God in the manner that they want to worship. The prophet has approved that. But that whistle, we want it even when the word comes for. It's not only for the song. It's for the word as well. Because the, the song introduces Christ. Yeah, that's the right time. Amen. Yes, I want to shake the spirit of stachiness. The spirit of being a gentleman. No time for that. One of our sons to know. The Bible says men shall lift up their holy hands in the presence of God. They shall not fall their heart. They shall lift up their hands and say glory to God and worship the almighty God and not be ashamed and their wives will say we thank God our men can raise their hands and thank you for his salvation if you are ashamed sister that he raises his hands in church he will raise his hands in a nightclub with some blonde woman by his side Brother Branham says, Beth Pains, paragraph 54. Now you take a little, some kind of a shock. Maybe you wouldn't have to spank him, but just to shake him a little. The very idea of him being born sometime will do. 
grab him, shake him. If he doesn't start breathing, spank him a little. Then he yells out in unknown tongues to himself, I guess. Anyhow, he's making a noise. I think if a baby is born just by still birth with no sound, no emotion, that's a dead baby. That's what's the matter with the church today. The system, we got too many stillborn children. Amen. That's what's the matter with the church. They need a gospel spanking to wake them up, to bring them to themselves so that God can breathe the breath of life into them. Now we find that's true. It's crude theology, but it's the truth. When the baby is born, the baby screams to show that there is life. When a believer hears the word, he punctuates by amen to show that the believer is alive. Hallelujah. But when a believer just stares at the word, no matter what you say, you realize there is no life in this house. Amen. Are we together? Amen. Amen. The problem is that we've got programs. Men make programs. And a program is, is very easy. Once you break a program slightly, if people are used to the program, they get offended. Amen. Uh, my son, I think was it two weeks back when I was here, we read a scripture and thereafter I said, let's sit down. Then in the car, he said, you didn't pray, did you, before we could sit down? I said, son, it doesn't have to always be like that. Sometimes we follow the program of the Holy Spirit. That's our program, but sometimes we can break our program. It depends on how the Spirit leads. Hallelujah. Because what somebody will say, we'll we'll be lost throughout the service. Why didn't we pray after we read the scripture? Hallelujah. And that's why people are self-conscious. They sit in church, they are wondering because they've got to tick all the boxes. Did the chorus leader do it the way it's supposed to be done? Tick. Did the preacher do it the way it's supposed to be done? Tick. Hallelujah. By the time you have finished ticking, you have not even been blessed. Hallelujah. Isn't it our, gener- our, you know, our generation cannot enjoy anything? Because the moment there is something to be enjoyed, they take out the cell phone. They are no longer lost in the moment. This generation does not enjoy to sit down and look at something and say, wow, it's wonderful. Even when it is a wedding, there is a video camera. They've got to take out a video. (laughs) Hallelujah. They can't get lost on the moment. It's because we are a generation that wants to tick the boxes. Hallelujah. Did the, church, did the program of the church go according to the church program today? Did the preacher stand the way he was supposed to stand? Did the chorus leader do what he was supposed No, sir. We're not looking for programs. We're looking for his program. The Holy Spirit must come. And if needs me, he must break our program. That's why. In the message, we don't, understand, we don't care what you think. Absolutely. We don't even care what the pastor thinks. We care about what he thinks. The impersonation. Now, if God made for us to run his church, 
by denominationals or by creeds, then only thing we need is the intelligence of a man. Smarter the man, better the church. But that was not God's program. God's program was for the Holy Ghost to run the church. Not men to run the church, but the, the Holy Ghost through men running the church. But that was not God's program. God's program was for the Holy Ghost to run the church. The Holy Ghost was given for the church. We can't have two faculties running the church at the same time. If man runs it, the Holy Ghost goes out. If the Holy Ghost runs it, usually the man goes out. So it's just one or the other. But we must come to this conclusion that God intends the Holy Spirit to run the church. I don't mean just the Spirit gets up and preaches because the Holy Spirit sets people in the church for certain things. It comes, it uses people. But it must not be a man's intellect leading the church. Amen. Does not maybe a man's emotion. This is how I feel. If we were to entertain this how I feel, how many feelings do we have here? Plenty. Amen. But we care about how he feels. Amen. We're together. Yes. Now, I'll close this. Not long, don't worry. Now, Brother Brum in the message, why? He says, now, you people that wanted to renew the joy of your salvation, somewhere you have lost the joy. And you can never, you can never uh, find a cure. You can never find a cure unless you find the cause. There's got to be a thorough diagnosis. Why was I like this a few years ago? Why am I like this now? Introspection. Don't blame people. No, 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 no. You've got to. It's your own personal salvation. Don't blame people. Don't blame the church. Don't blame anybody. You've got to take responsibility yourself. You've got to keep your revival fires burning. Hallelujah. If you see that you've got a slump in your Christian experience, it's you that needs to get down on his knees or her knees and worship God and say, God, restore the joy of my salvation. And a lot of times, our joy of salvation goes out of the window because of spiritual neglect. To you people that wanted to renew the joy of your salvation, somewhere you have lost joy. Think back what you did. Did you neglect a prayer meeting? Did you, ne- did you neglect reading the Bible? Amen. I'm told in many uh, places on Sunday when they need to go to church, they go on a Bible searching mission first. Where did I put it last week? Oh, I didn't find it, but it is all read from the screen at church. How can you be a soldier that goes into a battle without a weapon? Amen. Do you remember the old timers? They used to have sons of worship. They used to have what? The Zulu one? Too long. What else? Magam. 
in one. There was no projector. But our generation and our young people, they normally move with a, a small Bible that they just put here. After church, they just put it back. You don't even know where he's coming from. And you remember I told you about it when I was still a young man, I had my own sister that I had to take to church every Friday. And we used to walk through a busy shopping complex. And a lot of times I used to meet my schoolmates there. And the other time I had that big black Bible with a, a reddish color to it. And uh, one day I met my friend that was walking around with a bunch of girls. And he just screamed, damn roti! <laughs> Meaning pastor, making a mockery. And he pulled me aside to say, hey, can't you just take your Bible and put it in a plastic bag? Does it have to be seen by everybody where you are going? I said, I'm not ashamed of my Bible. I'm not ashamed of my Bible. I'm going to the house of the Lord. And I'm not ashamed of that. Those were the times when we didn't have this small pocket Bible. We had the big one. You did not care what the world said about you. You were a believer. They called you a holy roller. It was a title that you took with honor. But today Christians are afraid of rejection. Are you here, young people? Young people? Amen. Amen. Neglect reading the Bible. Neglect praying at your home. Asking the blessing at the table. Brother Bram says, in the olden days, when believers were on fire for God, he said, I will go at a house. And I will stand by the door. And I will hear them praying. I will peep through the window. I will see the old family Bible opened on the floor. And I will see them kneeling down. And I will look at them. I will wait until I realize they are not about to finish. I will as well kneel down by the door. The way, what happened to those days? When we had those days, we had no juvenile delinquency. When we had those days, we had no divorces. When we had those days, our young men were upright. They were taking the gospel to every corner. They were shaking institutions. What happened to those days? It's because we want to be accepted by the system. Don't ever do that. That's so unbecoming of Christians. Don't be ashamed of him. Pray anyway. If he ever were le- if he if ever were you left that joy, that whatever weeded it out, that joy, there's got to be something that weeds it out. Sometimes it's a root of bitterness. Sometimes it's an unforgiving spirit. Sometimes it is strife. Sometimes it is an ungodly living. There's a lot of things that can weed out that life. But you've got to go back. Whatever weeded out that joy of salvation, you've got to take it out. Then you will see, you will begin to enjoy, have joy, even when there is the way it seems like you must not have joy. Are we together? Amen. Before I close, here's a this song, I love it so much. 
It says, oh, how well I remember in the old-fashioned days when some old-fashioned people had some old-fashioned ways in the old-fashioned meetings as they tarried there in the old-fashioned manner, how God answered their prayer. It was an old-fashioned meeting in an old-fashioned place where some old-fashioned people had some old-fashioned grace. As an old-fashioned sinner, I began to pray, and God had me and saved me in the old-fashioned way. There was much singing. There was much singing of those old-fashioned airs. There was power, such power in those old-fashioned prayers. An old-fashioned conviction made the sinner pray. I'm saying we are yearning for those old old-fashioned prayer meetings where people are full of joy, where the joy of salvation has been restored, where the Spirit of God comes and takes the preeminency and there is liberty. Are we together? Where a believer would have read about the message and he comes into the church, the preacher goes right on the nose that the believer was reading about and the believer raises the hands and says there can only be one man that can do that is the almighty God. This man does not know what I was up to. We are looking for those old-fashioned days where they say, where that sin-erasing gospel, hallelujah, that convicting gospel, hallelujah, and the, when you begin to see that, because when the capstone is returned, now there was a, Surubabel says, there was a shout, grace, grace. And this is the message of Surubabel. This is the message of grace. The restoration has come. And if our hearts are turned back to the hearts of our fathers, the same things that happened during the time of Philip, they must happen during our time. There must come a time where you come to church. But the spirit, the evil spirit, must leave the church building. Because while the believers are on fire, they have rejected the system, they have embraced the Almighty God, the cornerstone has become the capstone. Hallelujah. They speak in a known tongue, and there is an interpretation. What is happening? We are yearning for those days. And Brother Brown said, We must have those days. But we need believers that will take no for an answer. They will be on their knees and say, God, we need on the same. We need a restlessness. You remember when the ark was coming back after it had gone out for over 20 years. After it was gone, David realized, I tried to bring it back for many years. I failed. But finally, I got it right. He began to have a dance in the spirit. He was wearing the ephod. He danced. The ark is coming back. It is being restored back to its ought to be position. And David began to rejoice. And when the daughter of Saul looked at David, she was ashamed. Why would a man such a dignitary, a king, worship God in this manner? But David did not have none of that. He was having a good time because the word was restored. And in the end time, the headstone cried, is coming to keep the burning. And sons and daughters of God are rising up, rejoicing. They don't care who's looking at them. They say, Hosanna. And for brother, after the church ages, after the sales, after the fast, it's time to worship. Yes, sir. 
It's time to worship. But today, we've become academics spiritually. Every quotation has to be analyzed. I got it, my brother. Let me just punch it on my iPad or on my iPhone or on my Samsung. Oh, it's there. Oh, my brother, I got the quote that you were preaching about. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, when we spoke about it, I wasn't quite sure that it's there. I had to go home and search and found that it's there. They are always, they are always blessed in a replay mode. After they've investigated the preacher, that's when they say, oh, wow. Not hallelujah, oh, wow. A wow generation. Give me that believers, the hallelujah generation. The amen corner generation. Not the wow generation. There's nothing wow in the Bible. They say glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. You are worthy. That is the that is the that is our jargon, spiritual jargon. That is our heavenly language. Not wow. Amen. God bless you, I think I must stop here. If you are a system reject. The system is low. Young men, I want you to listen to me. Give me an undivided attention. The system is low. It only acknowledges what has happened, not what is going to happen. Business people, are you here? When you were struggling, none of the banks wanted even to speak to you. They just sent you one letter, declined. But when things are beginning to shape up after you have struggled in obscurity and come into prominency, then uh, people are phoning. Mr. Senso, we've got a credit card for you. Yeah. Uh, we just need to go to the bank and activate it. It's already approved. Where were you? <laughs> when I was at the bank every day begging for money. Because now I'm so... That is the system. The system is low. Are you here, folks? If you are a singer, the system says, ah, it's not a big deal. It's not much of a singer. We are just observing him. But after you have moved to prominency, the system says, wow, that's, that, that's our brother. He's such a blessing. Where were you when he started, when he was missing the nose? The system will never bear with the people that are starting. The, people, the system wants to celebrate with the people that are already there. If I were you, I'll not wait for the system. I'll get on my knees and do something for God. The system will find me later. But many of us, we need approval from the system. Even this church was a reject of the system. It won't go far. We're giving it a couple of months. It has been over more than 10 years. We are still standing. Why? We do not worry about the system. Whatever God laid in our hearts, we carried on doing it. If you are waiting for people to approve you, 
people will never approve you. They will approve you today and after a couple of hours phone you and say, listen, I just had a chat with somebody. It won't work. System rejects are the ones that change the course of events spiritually and in every other sense in life. But people within the system, I'm going to continue with this system because uh, I think the next message that we need to preach is investment. Next week I will be preaching on investment. Let's check what, what, how do you defy the system. Some of you are in debt. It was designed by the system. But for you to get out, you've got to study the system and defy the system and operate outside the system. Are you here? Moses had to leave the system of Pharaoh to come back and overcome the system of Pharaoh. As long as he was within the system of Pharaoh, he would have never overcome Pharaoh. William Meron Branham had to, over, to move out of the Catholic system in order to come and overcome the Catholic system. System rejects. God bless you, Rishi. How many people were here were ever rejected by the system? Are they witnesses? Are they people? Amen. God bless you richly. We are depending on the Almighty God as we stand to our feet.
just like a parent that is talking to his kids. Father, we just thank you, oh God. Father, we just humble ourselves in front of you, oh God. You have spoken to our hearts, oh God, and we are so thankful. Thank you, God. Yes, it was difficult to wake up in the morning. Yes, Father, we were hearing all sorts of things that the devil was saying in our heads. Yes. But, Father, you made it possible that we are in your house. Thank you. And, Father, once we are in your house, you speak to us in a special way, oh God. Father, each and every person that came into this house, Father, I say a special blessing to them. Yes. They might have come here with a heavy heart, oh God, but you're a God that is still rich in mercy. They might have come here sick, oh God, but you're still a healing, oh healing God. They might have come here, Father, with a request in their hearts. Father, you're still a giver of good things, yes. oh God. Father, at this moment, we just want to thank you. We just want to worship you, oh God. Father, you've kept everything for us, oh God. Mm. We've got children, Father, that are going out there at schools, Father, mm. that are going to all sorts of type of systems, Father. Yes. But you just keep them for us, oh God. Mm. We are thankful, Father, because you just keep, you just keep, you just do some good things for us, oh mm. God. Father, I say a special prayer for everyone that is in this room. Be so, Father. I say a special prayer to our pastor, oh God. Yes. I say, Father, la Father, I say a special prayer to your bride, Father. Wherever they are, Father, I say, bless them in a special way, Father. If there's anything that you might have done, Father, that has gone against your will, Father, mm. we ask for your, give, for your forgiveness, oh God. Because we are human and sometimes we tend to forget. Yes. Father, thank you for this wonderful service, Father. Mm. We are not closing it, oh God. Mm. We are simply handing it back to you, oh God, mm. so that when we come back again, you can bless us in a special yes. way, Father. Each and everyone that is going to their places, oh God, we pray for a special uh, protection for them, Father. Be with them until they get to their houses, Father. We bless your name. We praise you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Amazing grace. God bless you. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Thank you, Lord.
grace of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, maybe Messiah is the King of Kings. Messiah is the Lord of Lords. And thereafter, once we are done, you are dismissed. You have a blessed week. We are praying for you. Amen. Pray for us as we pray for you. But remember, you are not a product of the system. God has predestinated you to be above the system. Don't bow down to the system. Amen. How many agree with that session? Let's